John had trouble with his guilty pleasure films. I struggle. I don't know. I just don't think of films that way. Because I know what guilty pleasure means to me. It might mean something different to somebody else. It might make, make no sense to John as he thinks about what he's seen. So that'll be part of the episode, I think. Enough with the small talk. Let's get on with the freaking show. Three, two, one. Yippee-ki-yay, mother... Welcome to Yippie Kai Mother Podcast. I'm Ralph Quattrucci. I'm Sean Paul Murphy. I'm Deborah Murphy. I'm John Quattrucci. I'm Chris Coker. And I'm looking forward to hearing about these new hats that some of you have, are wearing. Yeah, they're yes, awesome. Let's, uh, let's mention the hats right away, and then yeah. we have to do a little Ray Liotta appreciation. But we'll, oh, yeah. I guess we'll talk about the hats first. That's yeah. more important, maybe. No. So these are our new hats. John and Drew, I'm sorry. I was not able to get them out to them. Yeah, no, we had five days. There's no I, way you could get them no, to us in five days. I happen days. to be in Baltimore this weekend and dropped the hats off personally. Nice. To yeah, that convenient. But what I was thinking was, uh, <laughs> we have one hat left in the pile that we got. And uh, the rest I thought... The Patreon users? Do we? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Uh, but my mom and dad already have hats, so uh, I don't think they're going to need this. They're not on Patreon. But what I thought is if somebody from outside our group, and I mean anybody related to us, comments, leaves a comment on this particular not video. Not related to us. Not related. Can't right. be part of us or part of the podcast, obviously. Um, we're doing guilty pleasures tonight. So all they do is put a comment. First one to comment. Name one of the films we talked about. Leave us your email address, and you'll get one of these fancy hats. Wait, let me see. I want to make sure you... So if if we our <laughs> listeners and watchers out there who watch the show religiously, if all they do is leave a comment on one of the movies that we discussed, just name a movie, right? You are going to send them one of these fine logo hats for our podcast. Is that what I understand? No, only if they live in Baltimore, I'll hand deliver it. Like <laughs> oh, the other thing. Are you suggesting <laughs> unrelated? That is, is live in a, Baltimore. Is, what yeah. else? Do you have another suggestion for how I Certain could get this to somebody? Certain size head they have to have? Oh, I mean, my, what do they need? My other suggestion was that um, we'll, we'll see how many likes the uh, episode gets, and whoever does the 100,000th like, that's <laughs> who will hat? get the hat. Oh, wow. Yeah. But then yeah. it drives traffic uh, and that uh, hat gives will something be exciting for time. our fans. Now, I think just one comment would be nice. First one would be One great. comment about one of the movies. Not just name a movie. Don't have to make a comment. Just, they all have to do is name one of the movies. That's it. That we that we did. Yes. That we discussed. Okay, so that way they so know. Basically, we- they have to type the computer, produce just a name. And we're going to give them a hat. They don't really have to work hard at this. Well, they have to name one of our films. That's all. And, they have to and, watch and to this episode. Serious, that's hard enough. Yeah. That's right. They can be beyond Baltimore. We're willing to send this out. I will they figure can... out a way, John. Okay. I don't You'll know fig- how. I couldn't figure out to You're, get to Boston. You're going to figure out a way. It's very way. complicated. You should right. guggle it. You should guggle it on the computer. <laughs> Lugal. Lugal. Um, which sure is a Dark guilty pleasure. I, should, I didn't even think of that one. Hot tub I time machine. I love it. That's awesome. Hot tub time machine would have been a yeah, great guilty great. pleasure. That's a great, but that's not, that's not a guilty pleasure. Well, let's well, let's let's talk. Let's bef- go Ralph, what yes, if John. they leave? It, what if they leave a comment on our MySpace page? <laughs> <laughs> Are you still running that one? And you have to be on AOL. You can't use anything yeah, else. Got to be AOL. All right, we got it. Okay, let's now talk about a little Ray Liotta appreciation. Yeah, that was very um, sad, huh? Yes. Anybody want to start? Who knew him the best? I don't know. So he was fantastic. You know, I just watched um, a little bit. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I just watched something wild. 
Oh, it was great. So he is just creepy and weird and scary. Scary in that one. And manic. Yeah, it just created yeah. in that film. Uh, I watched um, "Killing Them Softly." Yeah, with, that's good. Um, you know, with uh, Brad Pitt. Brad Pitt. Yeah, he plays the guy Marky Troutman, and that's yeah. such a great, a great, just a great role for him. Really, just everything he was in. I remember that great movie he was in with what was it, Jason Patrick, called Narc. Yeah, like yeah. that was one where he was fantastic. We could go on all night. Yeah, I don't know if he's had really like sad to see him. Yeah, he gives yeah. it his all in all of them, and he was also in the Saints of New Jersey. Yeah, Saints I'm sorry York, to yeah. see. I'm sorry to see that one go. I yeah. love the identical that he was in. He played a great, uh, great role. In I'm sorry, in what? Yeah. In what? It was called the identical. Hmm. Um, it was about sort of like an Elvis, Elvis story. Elvis story about brothers. One was famous twins, twin brothers, hmm. and he played the father. Fantastic. The yeah, twins well, were played a- by uh, Rita Hayworth and Rita Haywood, I think. Is, uh, <laughs> and well, speaking yeah. of that, he was in uh, the, the the drug movie with Johnny Depp. Blow, blow. He played. Yeah, he was in Blow. Yeah. So he's I also around. liked him in um, the movie that I think had maybe the best craft services table I've ever seen, which is Copland, because everybody put on like forty pounds to be in that movie, but everybody was really good in it. And yeah. um, my favorite two Ray Liotta roles were uh, Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. Uh, seems oh, a big yeah. part of why I love that movie, and I don't really care either way about baseball. But uh, <laughs> I thought that was a really, um, a really wonderful. Uh, like he, he really, he found the right balance between, um, like a, a potentially real person from another era and also kind of otherworldly. And Kevin Costner, I don't know that he gives you a lot to play off of. Frankly, he's very mm-hmm. sort of flat. I like him, but it's very, uh, very sort of low key. And Ray Liotta had a different oh, version true. of that, which was really nice. Well, his intensity. And then also, I love like, when he yeah. ate his own brain in Hannibal. <laughs> yeah, right. Which is not a good movie, but boy, is that a big, is that a big finish in that one? So, well, the intensity, like, like you talk about uh, something wild. He was super intense in that. And Field of Dreams, he played that very intently, like you know, seriously. Against Costner, who was a little lighter, like just kind of mm-hmm. fluffy and light, um, and he was great in that. Yeah, I think well, he also yeah, starred in a film that I considered for my guilty pleasure called No Escape yeah, from 1994. A, oh yeah, I love that about movie. A, yeah. a prison on an on penal a colony. island. Yeah, which yeah. is yeah. a fantastic piece of trash. Yeah, like, really yeah, he had special. Such trash. Skinny pins. He had got such skinny legs in that film. Like, <laughs> like he was playing. Well, a tough here's a role that uh, have you guys ever seen the Sinatra movie that he played, where he played Frank Sinatra? Yeah, I mean, yeah. What is that? that was he was right very back. good in that. He was very good. It was very, he played, talk about playing low key. I mean, it was so not what you're used to seeing him do. I mean, there was a couple scenes where Sinatra explodes and then you see Ray Liotta, but it was, it was very different for him. Uh, it was good. I enjoyed it. If you've never yeah. seen it, check it's, it it's out. A loss. Yeah, that it's a was it. That was either an HBO or TV movie. Or something. I think rat- it was network actually. I it think was it was the rat network. pack. The rat pack. Was it, that the one? Was, was that what it was called? I think it was yeah, called the rat Don pack. John Cheadle played Sammy Davis yeah, Jr. Yeah. It was very oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I know. What you're I liked it a lot. Now, big Plus, loss, he was and- in some Scorsese movie. I can't remember. What it was. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's, that's a, no, no one mentioned that one. Henry, but I think Henry he got something. that. Didn't he get that because of something wild? That's Isn't that why he got said. Goodfellas? I believe yeah. so. Yeah. 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 Sean, what you were saying was he was the voice of reason in Goodfellas. What do you mean by that? Well, he was the calmest guy in Goodfellas. I mean, like Pesci's a homicidal maniac, and De Niro's a homicidal. He is calm. He's a, the he's the voice of reason. He's not the madman in that movie. Well, I mean, the well, film's based Paul on... Paul Sorvino's the calm guy. 
Yeah, a little bit. I, I mean, don't know if I'd call him the yeah. voice of reason, but he's yeah. not a he's not a sociopath. Exactly. And he's not a psychotic. Well, didn't right. didn't he also say he didn't kill anybody, Henry Hill? Yeah. I mean, this book is yeah, a lie. They never, a lie. Whether that's a lie or not, I mean, it's not in the movie, right? Yeah. You know, so he he doesn't kill anybody in the movie. I mean, he's right. he's obviously an accomplice in multiple. Yeah, that's to say. Yeah, that's a slim distinction. <laughs> well, he what tried to his... save that one guy's life with the toupee. He was trying to save his life, and he was... he didn't realize how quick he was to get and kill. They killed him anyway. But yeah, was, uh, was something wild his first major film that he like was recognized? Uh, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was an amazing turn. That's a that's an incredible yeah. film. It's a that's what was so great that. about that performance. He was kind of goofy, and then all of a sudden, yeah. boom! Like a did psycho. Watch that TV series he did. With uh, Jennifer Lopez, I think Barry Levinson produced it. He was a Barry, cop. Or something, he was right? he was a cop. They were like partners, and one of them was corrupt, and one of them wasn't. I, I know, only saw one episode. I haven't watched enough network television. I read it wasn't about on him. for very long. He said his favorite film was uh, the B movie with Seinfeld, where he played himself. You know, <laughs> voice himself. Oh yeah, in that yeah. Movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, he had Leota sauce or something, right? Leota <laughs> tomato sauce. That's All right. right. I forgot Let's about rest that. Rest in peace. Um, yeah. Um, Ray Leota. Now, cue it up is going to do a special on Ray Leota and um, uh, Fred Ward. Uh, Fred Ward. So, uh, do they have skeletons in their closet that we're going to talk about for 45 minutes? Or uh, are we just going to talk about their, their acting? I don't know. We'll have to see, but I hope I don't think so. Let's hopefully we'll have a tribute where we don't trash people. I, well, it's so true. We find out all the stuff after they die, and it's like so depressing. So far, I haven't heard too much, but uh, yeah, so we'll be okay. So let's do a quick, Drew. I'm looking at you. A quick round of what you watch, so that we can get into the guilty pleasure films. Okay, let's start with Drew. What the heck? <laughs> Go ahead, Drew. Okay, boy, give me a minute here. Gosh. Oh no. Um, oh no. No, no, right. no, no. Okay, so uh I'll do I'll do like only four things. Um not really, John. Uh I, I watched know. a movie I've been meaning to watch for some time. It's by um a, a pair of directors, both named Daniel, so they direct as Daniels. And they have a new movie at which I have not seen, which I've heard is excellent, called uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once, which is supposed to be spectacular. Mm. Yeah. But their first feature film, I believe it was their first one, was called Swiss Army Man. And it was with Paul Dano and um, uh, Daniel Radcliffe as um, uh, Paul Dano is a guy who's allegedly shipwrecked. And then um, Harry Potter's body washes up and uh, can do all sorts of different things like with farts and giving him water and different stuff. And so it's a whole survival story about him and this corpse like uh, Weekend at Bernie's or something. Yeah. The the thing is, it's 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 magnificent. A corpse washes up on the. And Dan- and and um and uh uh Daniel Radcliffe I don't know why I can't remember his name Daniel Radcliffe plays um the the corpse the, basically the whole movie except for a couple of big stunts because they said you don't have to we can make a body double when he's dragging you around and he wanted to be in the whole movie including all the butt stuff and so he um the movie is like it's it's odd and it's beautiful it's um it's whimsical and it looks at these parts of life that we don't that we pretend might not have anything to do with us that have to do with all of us, like loneliness and death and, and farts. And it's just, uh, it's just lovely. It's very strange. It's its own thing. Um, I could see why that was uh, a hit at Sundance. And then those two Daniels got a chance to make another movie. And I've heard, heard of the one is stupendous. Yeah. It's on Showtime right I've now. I've seen it for a number of times. Is it, yeah, it's is a it pretty- a comedy? Is it funny? Some of it's funny. 
it's it's much more uh moving than i expected that it would be um it's just it's weird it's just yeah, it a weird sound movie like a john film I, I don't I'm know. Kinda, I'm kind of. I interested. don't know that. I don't know that it's not a John film because sometimes he'll he'll give something a chance and and he'll surprise himself. And I, I think, love Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> I mean, I if like you, the sequel. If yeah, you've seen okay. if you've seen those movies, you can't help, especially in one scene, right. you can't help but but see that. But it's I don't know. It's 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 so it's just weird, but it's very good and it's much more moving than I thought. And um, it's got a nice cast, so I I would recommend Swiss Army Man. Okay. And then the other one, I don't know if any of you guys, uh, maybe you're going to talk about this. Uh, there's a new show on Disney Plus, uh, called Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to wait till the they first... all drop. Gotcha. Uh, no spoilers. Um, except that it sucks. I, um, Oops. watched the first two episodes, uh, that are the first ones that dropped. Uh, Moses Ingram plays one of the Inquisitors. She's from Baltimore. So that's nice. Um, the problem is that, uh, I don't know if you remember when, when Law and Order, the original Law and Order was on, um, I, I think it was on for like eight years and then it finally won the, um, the Emmy for best television drama and that froze. So they had originally started doing stories of like real New Yorkers and people that weren't wealthy and stuff like that. And then they started doing ripped from the headline stories and that's the season yeah. with the rich people that they won. So then the show's basically been, just you know every episode is about rich people and stuff and so the star wars uh series now it's 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 like oh we got um a kid is in trouble and someone has to protect them and that already obviously is not that uh original or anything and i really enjoyed the mandalorian i really didn't enjoy boba fett and obi-wan kenobi uh it does two things that i don't think are good so far one of which is that um it's it's trying to pretend that the prequels were good movies and they're horrible and uh also um it's playing on a lot of nostalgia uh in a way that's not satisfying but i i'll i'll watch more i'll give it a chance there's only is you and mcgregor good in it cuz i think he, i mean i i the guess prequels, he was the best thing in the prequels yeah no i mean he's he doesn't embarrass himself in it or anything and i think that the the whole premise of the show was going to be let's bring back ray parker or whatever his name is ray park to play darth, darth maul, maul. And he changed it to darth ray vader parker, yeah it's so ray parker junior and um and I just, I don't know. I, I enjoyed the fart movie more, a lot more. Actually. Well, it's getting trashed. I mean, it's getting trashed. So it's just, it's just, it's just not, it's just not good. And I mean, that's the problem with any of these, these properties. You make so much stuff. Some of it's going to be not good and some of it's going to be really not good. And I, I don't know. Star Wars doesn't feel special and hasn't for some time, but that doesn't Can mean that when they do something good like the Mandalorian, I don't enjoy it. Yeah, sure. Can I ask a question about the whole Star Wars trilogy. Now, everyone says the prequels sucked, and they did. But what was worse, the prequels or the ones that the, the most recent trilogy? No, the prequels were better than the ones that just yeah. came out. The most recent ones. Easily, were. yeah. Because the, yeah. the, new, the new ones, that last movie, I was so angry like half yeah, of the terrible. Yeah. Everybody was angry. You know. The reason why I think the prequels were better, Lucas controlled the prequels. And yeah. for him, it's all about the story. Now he he get, went overboard with all what I can do with the technology. I didn't like that uh, at at the cost of story. But the 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 three movies that just came out, I mean, that's Lucas was out of the picture by then, and they wanted a you know we always talk about retconning. They want to retcon the whole friggin' thing. It was it, it was awful. You're talking the about the latest one with Han Solo and those. Yes, yeah, the they completely changed all the characters that you grew up loving. And and made them what they weren't. 
especially Luke. I can't it believe you're defending brutal. the prequels. That's amazing. Well, no, the question was, are the prequels better? I hated the prequels. They were better wow. than the three movies that just came out. And and I'll tell you, Revenge of the Sith is actually pretty good. I actually enjoyed that movie much better. It was than a the little first too two. long, but it was it was, but it was dark, and I liked that. I really liked it. It, it wasn't kiddy at all. So I mean, the only the only scene that I think is good in the three prequels is in Sith, and that's the Order sixty six scene when yeah. the the darkness the finally scene, takes over, and they go after yeah, exactly. They go after the, the Jedi finally, and that's yeah. basically that's the whole premise of the Obi Wan Kenobi show is that right. that has happened, and mm-hmm. he's hiding. So they're going to fill in some blanks, mostly that you didn't know were there. Um, and I'll tell you something else. The animated shows are way better than the movies. Some of the characters some of the characters in this one are from Rebels and stuff. Yeah, so and they're making a show. All right, all right. This is the Star Wars stuff. Stop. That's the next queued up I just episode. want to quickly, st- Daniel Radcliffe, I just saw him in a trailer for playing uh, Weird Al Yankovic in the yeah. series. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, looks great. it looks good. Uh, all right, Chris, what do you got? Um, well, I somehow or another, I saw everything that came out this week. Um, so I too saw Obi-Wan. Um, I was a little more forgiving than Drew. Uh, I saw the first couple episodes of Stranger Things and oh. it's just more Stranger Things. If you like it, you'll probably like it. Um, but what I actually want to talk about is I actually made it to the theater to see Top Gun Maverick. Oh, nice. yeah. And all I, I can, and all I can say about as much as I went on and on about the trailer, right? Last week, um, I really, really wish I had gone to see everything at, all at once or everything everywhere all at once. Top Gun Maverick. Really? Oh, really? Didn't like it. Wow, because um, it's getting huge reviews, and it's and, a record Memorial Day weekend. Over. Yeah, sure, it can be all of those things, and it's still not that great. Um, wow, I haven't yeah, seen that I, other um, one, Everything All at Once. But I'm my sure. son, I, I wish I, I well, a I adore Michelle Yao. Yeah, I think she's yeah, a talent, she's awesome, and I think she's amazing. Um, all, but all, all I want to say is, my kid called me, said it's a great film, and Dad, I can't believe everything you've put up with. No, I don't know what happens in that film. And I was like, "Oh, I'm gonna cry." What are you talking about? I can't, I want to see that. But but the Maverick, I'm shocked, shocked. Well, here's the thing about Maverick. There's two things. Well, there's more than two, but the two things that really kind of upset me were that um, in the opening sequence is lifted pretty much directly from the right stuff. Right? Um, they basically turn uh, Pete Mitchell into Chuck Yeager, which oh. I was actually okay with. I'm like, okay, you want to do kind of an homage thing to the right stuff? Cool. But then the crux of the film circles around ripping off the uh, trench Death Star trench run. It really does. I mean, oh, there's yeah, a really point where they where they literally talk. They show like this diagram, and there's like an air shaft. They might have just as well. I, I almost could hear like Luke Skywalker saying, "What's the big deal? I used to bullseye womp rats in my T16 back home. They're not much bigger than two meters." And then when they're doing this whole trench run. Which, by the way, was already ripped off in Iron Eagle 2. Okay? <laughs> so they're ripping off a ripoff, right? They're ripping off a, a, an awful film. Um, there's a scene where, like, uh, the laser system goes out of control or something. And I'm sorry if I'm spoiling this for people. And he had to use the force. But literally, you could almost hear him, you know, it's, it's uh, Goose's use son. The force. And he literally says, Talk to me, Dad. Right. And you can almost you wanted to hear him say, use the force rooster. And it just was like. And then at one point, like my wife even said to me, she she liked the movie. Don't get me wrong. She enjoyed it. But she literally turns to me and she goes, don't worry. The the new Iceman is going to show up and save the day. And 
literally five minutes later, the new ice shows up and saves the day. About the only part of the film that I really enjoyed was seeing Val Kilmer again as Iceman, uh, partially because he's literally going through that in his real life. And so it was a little bit. Not the really uh, shirtless like, football game. You didn't like, you didn't like the shirtless football game. I'm okay. Whatever, man. The shirtless football game is fine. But like, you know, they were playing offense and defense at once. And <laughs> I don't know. Just, to learn how to be a team. Oh, and, no. Yeah. And then like, and then on top of that, I'm sorry, but there's not a single gray hair in Pete Mitchell's head. Is Pete Mitchell cannot be, Tom Cruise? Tom Cruise. Pilot for 35 years and have not even a little bit of wisp of gray at the temples, man. Come on. Come on. Anyway. Well, so keep anyway, in mind, that's but, a, that's a Joseph Kosinski film. And yes. um, his first Tom Cruise movie was Oblivion, yeah, which is uh, somewhat movie. entertaining, but not yeah. a good film. And one of the big action sequences in that movie is a straight ripoff of the trench run from Star Wars. So he <laughs> already, he I already re- did it. Yeah, I saw that movie. I saw Oblivion in the theater, but I really, other than I think the big reveal is that they're all just clones or yeah. something. Yeah. You know, well that came but out. I don't the same remember time anything else about that film. His Edge of Edge of Tomorrow came out. I thought that was around the same, right around the same right. time. Or yeah, something. right around the same time. Edge of Tomorrow was really good. Some interesting yeah. sci-fi films. Yeah. I mean, all I, right. I so like Maverick the, doesn't yeah. get a yippee kaye, huh? It gets a nay. Sorry, guys. And this, it, but I will say what this: your wife, just, your wife liked it. She was yay, right? Yeah, she liked it. She enjoyed it. She thought it was just a fun, popcorny movie. I was, I was hoping for something a little bit more than a couple of ripoffs and a super, super obvious. Like I don't know. Anyway, wow. All right. <laughs> John, I still you. say the trailer's fantastic. Though. Normally, uh, normally I'm right sapatico with Chris, but uh, I I couldn't disagree more with his <laughs> take on it. I love this movie. The audience applauded when the movie was over. It was a packed house. Um, Tom Cruise is one of the last movie stars we have, and he carries the picture throughout the whole thing. Miles Teller was very good in this movie. The aerial footage is unreal. The stuff oh, they gosh. do in these airplanes. I've never seen anything like it. And and they rigged up a whole new uh, shooting system mm-hmm. in the cockpits of the airplane. So the actors really literally did these things with, you know, with a with a real Top Gun pilot. This, uh, but a lot of heart in the movie. Um, Jennifer Connelly, who I think she's 50, looks age appropriate love interest, which sure. was nice to see because yeah, that's agree. reality. Right. Um, the, the the I'll tell you what I liked about this movie. It was, it was, and you know how I feel about certain movies. It was patriotic. It didn't talk down to the military. It was very pro military because mm-hmm. you got the best of the best doing the stuff. They never identified the enemy. Uh, so is, it was probably Iran, maybe Russia, who the hell knows? Actually, it was probably the only people that would have jets like that were China. But since China's now the biggest movie market in the world, well, that's we, right. And we right. never so say who the bad guy was. They, all they, they say is the enemy. The first one either. So, but yeah. it was just, um, For me, it was a roller coaster ride. I loved it. The audience, I mean, the way they're, and and the Val Kilmer stuff Mm -hmm. was very touching because, you know, Val Kilmer has throat cancer and he can barely talk. And in this movie, he's typing his stuff. Then he talks a little bit and it was really, really well done. Uh, a lot of, uh, tribute to the old movie and Miles Teller looks just like, uh, Anthony Edwards. It was unbelievable, uh, how much he looked like the guy who played Goose in the original movie. But I love this movie and I'm telling people, this you got to see in IMAX. You got to see it in the movie theater. Don't see it at home. Go to the movie theater. Okay. Now that I said about Maverick, I did watch a movie over the weekend, um, The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and oh, uh, uh, Ch- uh, Channing Tatum. 
Now I love I love Sandra Bullock. I've oh, since Speed, I love Sandra Bullock. Uh, this movie was pretty awful. Uh, I don't know who wrote the script, but the best part of the movie was Brad Pitt. He was awesome, but he's only in it for a short period of time, and it's pretty. It ends pretty. I couldn't get over how lame the trailer makes it. That movie is so lame and so. It was fun. very much Romancing the Stone. That's what they were trying well, to do, without but the, it wasn't even half the. And I love Romancing the Stone. Yeah. It just wasn't. The, yeah. It just wasn't it's very terrible. good, and and I don't know how much they spent on it, but uh, the script cents. was awful. Sandra Bullock, who, like I said, I love, was just kind of whiny. I like Channing Tatum. I think he's funny. And I think he was kind of fun. I think he was the better of the two, but it just, it, it just wasn't very good. And when it was over, I was like, yeah, that was, that was an hour and a half of my life. I'm not going to get back. It just, it just wasn't very good. And that makes me sad. Cause like I said, I'm a big fan. So that's what I watched amongst uh, some. Well, documentary you know, she's, that my her first film was in, uh, in the vanishing. One of her first ones. She's the girl mm-hmm. that disappears. Yeah. Gives a little peace. Yes, sign. that is correct. Weird. So I used to yeah. have a picture on in my cubicle uh, at when I worked corporate. I had a picture of her in my cubicle, and I ended up marrying Rose, who looked like Sandra Bullock when she was a little bit younger. She looked like Sandra Bullock. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So okay. interesting. Anyway, Sean, that's it. Sean and Debbie. Well, we watched. Um, we haven't seen the last that we've been talking about every show lately. Um, we own this town, and we did the last episode dropped yesterday, but we were busy doing family stuff. But what we did watch over the weekend is the perfect companion piece called the, it's a documentary on HBO called the slow hustle. And it's about the, um, one of the real people that's in, um, in, um, we owned this town, a uh, homicide detective named Sean Suter, who, you know, Baltimore city homicide detective who supposedly shot him, Committed suicide by shooting himself in the back of the head. Then the night, bef- the day before he was scheduled to go to the, to testify to the grand jury, federal grand jury about corrupt cops in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And the no. Baltimore City Police have come up with the official verdict that he committed suicide. And no one in Baltimore is buying it for a second. Yeah, but here's the thing: we are watching all parts of this. We own the city. And uh, this other uh, slow hustle. So when at that time, when we completely watch everything there is about the subject matter, that the corruption of the gun task force in Baltimore with the corruption, I think I think I'm forming a theory uh, of what happened, really. The Sean Suter. Yes. And yeah. I think and it, it, I don't know, I don't want to tip my hat on that one yet, but I have to watch the last part of it someone may shoot her in the head too oh my god back oh, of the you head. Know, and I, because i'm doing lift now and i'm driving through the city you know all the parts where this corruption occurred uh the belvedere S- square and all that uh stuff it's so alive i mean this story is gripping and it's telling and and i'm part of it because i could see where it occurred and you know you could see it happening you could see this on the street when you're passing by and you see something going down, Um, you know, and I'm watching it as a spectator, sort of like in TV time and, and actually experiencing it as a, as a Lyft driver. Well, we'll be waiting. We'll be waiting for your theory. Yeah. I don't Uh, even know which way it's going to go because I, I think what I know, but I don't know. Watch out because this happened in the parallax view. They start, they don't tell us. And then next thing you know, you're not around and you know, we're never going to know. So, (laughs) you know, 
Wow. Uh, yeah. Baltimore okay. is living the parallax view. Yeah, be careful. All right, I'm going to be quick because we got to get to the guilty pleasures. I went on Sean's recommendation and watched that Scotty Bauer documentary. And holy cow. And I asked John, John to watch it. And I said to him, I don't know if you really want to watch this. If you do, it'll probably change your life. And sure enough, he gave me a call and was not happy. It didn't but- change my life. Okay, let's be clear about that. But anyway, this I is a documentary. It. I watched 75% of it and stopped watching. I couldn't watch it anymore. Why did you stop Why? watching it? What- because what- I thought that the, the stuff that <laughs> the frontal nudity, the, 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 the movies of the guys having sex, I, I actually liked the documentary. That stuff took me out of it. I didn't want to watch it. I was not interested in that at all. I thought it was not necessary. And I was just like, I don't want to watch this. So I, and, and I actually liked it. I mean, I, th- I found him kind of interesting. I liked hearing about the stuff, but I just thought that was, I don't know why it was there. It did, it, for me personally, it just took me out of the movie. I wasn't interested in it. Well, that. after a while, didn't you want to see the penis? No. Um, I can, I can say without well, reservation. I'll tell you what, no. I, I took. What you're talking about. Listen. John, I, I completely understand what you're saying, but please do yourself a favor and finish the film because at the very end, there's some redemption and, and, you know, why the man, um, was like this. Okay. Maybe I'll watch the very end. Please maybe I'll watch that. I know it was distasteful. Sorry. Um, in so many ways, but. <laughs> I didn't find it just, listen, I, what made me, what I took out of it was how horrible it must have been for these people who were having the times of their lives and, and then had to be closeted because of the morals. Yeah, had to hide who they were. Yeah. Had yeah. to hide who they were as right. human beings because what, what America needs is middle class, you know, a man and a wife married together and, you know, all those moral clauses they had to sign away. They, their lives, you know, were shattered and right. we all get fed this bullshit about these happy couples, Spencer Tracy and Catherine Hepburn. And, and that's what I took away. Forget all that other, that explicit stuff. That's just, Not I mean. Only that, you know, here's another caveat to that whole thing. I remember my mother and telling me about the sad story about Spencer Tracy, how he, he, he had, um, you know, shame because he couldn't be married to his wife anymore. He was cheating on his wife because he loved Catherine Hepburn. I, as a child, felt so bad for him because he couldn't express his love for Catherine Hepburn. He couldn't express you know? a lot of love. And then to come to find out that was total phony baloney. That's what I mean. You and never know. You never know. I, and what we have to do now in our society, I mean, I'm, I'm like at that place, John, where I don't want to yuck anybody's yum, right? In so many words, but. <laughs> you, you don't want to what? What did yuck. you say? Harsh your mellow. She doesn't want to harsh your mellow. Oh. Yours, the society that you know, um, uh, homosexuals. I don't want to do that. And this is the, tr- you know, this is their life. This is this is what they they are about. And well, this is their. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to do that. I want to be observant as what's, you know, what what's going on. And that's the truth. They're trying to be truthful in the in the world. Now, but John, can I ask you a question? John, yeah. what do you see? Yeah, uh, did you find him credible? Uh, you know, I, I found, yeah, I, I did. I did. Um, but I don't know if I buy all of it that he was saying. I don't know if I buy all of it. Well, I'll just say that. Well, I, I took, I, it, it seemed to me he had enough people around him who, who 
corroborated what he was saying, who were still alive. And all of these people had, you know, he had how many houses from people he was, you know. He was a hoarder. That guy's a hoarder. Well, he had some mental illness there that was definitely yeah. a, a fat, you know, he had a rough, you know, the way yeah, he described his childhood and matter of factly talking about, right. you know, his, the, all the all the molestation that was going on. And he was just right. like, whatever. Well, I was he, didn't, he didn't look at it as molestation. Well, that's that's what he's saying now. He looked knows? at it. He wanted, know. he was making money. Right. At 12 so years me, old. Let me say something. Younger than that with neighbor. Did you I see think- it, Drew? I haven't seen it yet, but I think it's interesting that you, you stopped at 75% because I find, like, I used to have a thing, like, if I start watching it, I have to finish it. Now I'm like, it's been 20, 25 minutes. That's enough. So I think, you know, if you, I mean, Debbie's recommendation that it's worth finishing that alone would have me finish it. But I do think um, it's important that if you're having such a visceral reaction to it, uh, and then you've talked about that in the last episode as well. I think it's important that you finish it. I think that's cool. But if you watch that last 25% and obviously some time will have passed, Jackass four and a half is on Netflix. There's so much penis in that. That might fill in what was missing by breaking up this movie. I mean, there's so much penis. I didn't know where you were going with that. And I, oh, okay. I knew okay. It was okay. You're taking Debbie's slot now. All right. Let's get to uh guilty. <laughs> hey, I'm the one who talks penis. I don't want to. It's funny. John was g- reacting to me about why would I want to. That stuff didn't bother me. Who cares? The thing that I found fascinating was the stories about the, the buddies, the, the war buddy thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was uh, it's stuff I had never heard before and didn't realize that uh, what was going on in foxholes half the time and why they were doing it. And, you know, I've never been in war. I don't know what it feels like to have that, you know, hanging over my head like that. So I just found it all. I didn't care about all that. I I did like the fact that they're showing pool parties and these guys would have all these handsome young dudes hanging around. I mean, that's sort of fascinating. And, you know, what a life it must have been. And to have that all taken away from you because of people's morals is just, it's sad. It was sad. So uh, that's what I took. Plus, he was a total hoarder, like John said. And just like every garage he opened, you're like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. So, all right. Guilty pleasures. Let's go. Let's start with Sean and Debbie. Well, you want me to go first or you want to yeah, go first? Yeah, please do. Well, I'm going to go with one of my great guilty pleasures um, is uh, the Doberman Gang. Oh. This film, <laughs> a criminal, um, after human error ruins a bank robbery he had planned meticulously, he gets the idea after watching dogs um, handle trespassers at a junkyard to train dogs to rob a bank. And he gets a Viet. This film is in the film in 1972. He gets a um, Vietnam vet who was a dog handler in the war to um, train these dogs to rob the bank. At first, the dog handler doesn't realize what he's training them for. Now, to me, I've seen this film. Never saw it on TV. I don't know if it's played on TV, but I saw it at the movies many times, and I saw it here at my house many times because for a while it wasn't on DVD or anything either. But I have a 16-millimeter print of it. And whenever I have an outdoor movie night, when it's still twilight, I always show the last reel of this film where the dogs robbed the bank because it, it's really a fantastic sequence. And a lot of the movie is clumsy. I don't think the acting is great. But, you know, it's surprising because well, it the dogs. The dogs well, who, are Who stars in it and what year was it? 1972. Nobody in the movie you would recognize. Brian Chudno, Brad mm. Chudno, you know, people like that. However, behind the scenes, 
This is the first film credit for um, Alan Silvestri, you know, the um, composer and songwriter who's had a couple Oscar nominations. And one of the two screenwriters was later nominated for an Oscar. I think won an Oscar for Deer Hunter. He was one of the four writers on the Deer Hunter. Wow. You know, the Tamino. He likes film. animals. Yeah. You know, I think the dogs ended up better than the deer. But, um, you know, so it's, um, there's some great behind the scenes, um, people involved. You know, this Sylvestri song is kind of goofy, but it's very memorable. I'm not going to sing it. You know, it's the theme song. Thank to the you. And, um, but, you know, Ebert, Ebert, you know, our patron saint Ro- Roger Ebert once said, the problem with Hollywood is, they're always trying to remake the great films. He goes, what they should do is remake films that are almost great. And to me, a perfect example would be Doberman Gang. It's a great idea. It's got some very good scenes in it. The bones of a good movie are there. The bones. But, you know, the bones. And um, But it just, it really doesn't gel. But it was a successful film. As I said, I saw it many times at the theater because, you know, our theater would have double features and they must have had a print around of it. But I think, I believe there were two theatrical sequels and they made for TV movie. It didn't Fred Astaire. So, um, Fred Astaire starred in one of the sequels. Yeah, I think he did. So that yeah. should tell you that yep. the movie, that the movie made money. Yeah. But it must have had a really bad deal because. I did look before I came on tonight, and it is available on Amazon for two ninety nine, but only standard. It's not available in HD anywhere. But like two years ago, it still wasn't available anywhere at all, streaming or even for sale. So um, I saw that CBS used to do the late night movies. Remember they said uh, late night movie of the week or something? That's where I saw that. That played on that. Uh, that's where I first saw it. I never saw it in the movie theater. And it's your it. guilty pleasure. Why? Cause it's, is it? Why? Cause it's kind of, it's kind of a bad movie. Okay. You know, I mean, it's, it's a, I think it's a really good idea. You know, I have it. It's on three reels, you know, then the reels are like, I forgot how long they are, but like the first two reels, it's sort of like, eh, yeah, yeah, human drama, human drama, some dog training, tension in the gang, tension, the guy and the girl, you know, forbidden love. And that's like, Okay, okay. And then suddenly the dog's going to rob a bank and it's really, it's really terrific and really suspenseful, you know, and really, you know, it's like, it all builds up to, it's sort of like, um, the, the dirty dozen. You know, everybody says it's such a great action film, but it's like all the actions in the last 20 minutes. So you have th- two, you know, over two hours before that, except the first two hours of this are not as, good as the dirty dozen but this is still this is still the wages of fear of dogs robbing bank movies is what you're saying yeah in the sequel the dogs rob they someone get finds the dogs they train them and and they somehow figure out the whistle commands and they rob a political headquarters because you know there's all that money off the books and they're like we can rob these people and they can't report it because they'd have to you know admit that they had the money you know, and I forgot what happened in the. This other is the only it, show you hear the the wages of fear and the Doberman Gang in the same sentence. So you know that's a good. I have you all. We should all come down here sometime if we have a, an episode here at the house. Let's not. We'll watch Doberman <laughs> Gang. Just the last reel. We'll just watch the last reel. How's that, Debbie? Yeah, last just reel? the last reel. It's really right, Debbie. Debbie, what's yours? Okay, mine was Teenagers from Outer Space. Okay. And, uh, you know, I'm like you, John. I don't have a guilty pleasure because I, if I'm going to watch a movie, I don't feel guilty about it. 
I feel like a lot of times after I watched a movie, like, oh man, that's an hour and a half. I don't get in my life back. <clears throat> but this movie, I watched it when I was a teenager. And uh, I really loved the fact that this, this handsome alien, I thought when I was a child, he was from, uh, he was Chinese. And at, when I was very young, um, I wanted to be Chinese. I had a, a, an attraction affinity for Chinese guys, especially when they would play uh, soccer. But um, anyway, yeah, you're learning a lot about my Wait, is this the movie? Is Tommy Kirk in this movie? Who's the? No, it's the not one. Tommy Kirk, but it's, it's not. It's almost bad enough to be a Tommy Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> but the way the actors talk, the leading man uh, role, he was just so austere. He well, he was nailing. Well, thing. They come from a, a planet where there's no family, and he wants a family. He's the son of the leader he from this other planet, and he's uh, they're coming to the Earth to um, use uh, crustaceans, which is a lobster. Yeah, the is monster a is a lobster. He's going to take over the Earth. They call him Gorgons. Gorgons is a lobster. <laughs> So they and have they're going to be like thirty stories tall. <laughs> and how they filmed it show is it's sort of like they have a guy with a black glove holding a lobster up on its tail, like it's like it's um, you know attacking people, like it's as it's walking on its tail. And I love the, the poster. Special effects. The, the post is great. Thrill craze space kids blasting the flesh off humans. Oh yeah, yeah, because they have this ray gun, and they always they That's shoot awesome. it, and then like a skeleton, you know, like you talk about some good bones. I mean, like in a college, like, like the really attractive uh, girl in the swimming pool, and then all her flesh is off, and she's just hanging onto the you know to the ladder in the a pool, skeleton. just a skeleton. It's funny. Oh, you remember. know what? We watched this after Scotty Bowers. And there's a scene where the first alien goes to this gas station with this good-looking <laughs> young gas attendant. And then later, the second alien who's there to kill the first alien shows up, and he turns the good-looking young guy into a You want to fill her up? Or as we call it, a boner. You know, so... Teenagers from outer space. Did, they have, did, they, did see if they have a picture of the crustacean monster. So hilarious. And it, it's so Boilers. bad. It's like... Sometimes it's like on top of a mountain, and you would assume that it's like, um, you know, 80 feet high. But then other times it's like there for kind of a shot, and it looks like it's probably 50 I'm going to spoil the film at the end because I don't think you guys are going to watch this movie, no matter how much I'm pitching it. I mean, you guys are really pushing it pretty good, though, I have to admit. You're making okay, it very first exciting. Thing I'll say and and uh, we spend our time. So at the very end, spoiler. At the very end, the young uh, alien, you know, the handsome guy, the romantic, he's Chinese-looking guy, the Chinese-looking yeah, guy. Chinese-looking guy. Now he doesn't look Chinese at all. This is a crustacean. No. I don't know if you can you see can't, it. You put it way up, Kent. He ends up mar- yeah. being a martyr, a martyr, and uh, he dies. But, oh. Yeah, I have, I have to say this. But at the very end, there's a shot of him in the clouds. And his he's head in the clouds. His head in the clouds like he's. Christ or something. (laughs) (laughs) What? And he's talking like, oh, I'm here. Some kind of weird bullshit. But I really think this movie is just hilarious to watch as it, you know, like it's got some serious points to it. Yeah. But it's, it'll make you think. But (laughs) 
Jesus. Wow. It's funny. But I'll tell you one thing. Um, and it's about, guilty. I feel the, guilty. The girl, the, the I feel um, guilty love just interest, as a Betty, as a Betty on page five. Yeah, she's got a vibe. She's got an odd, she's very pretty, but she's different. You know? She's got one of those bad late 50s hairdos, in my opinion. I don't know. And she, and she just, she, she's, she's like Betty, right. Betty Page without the Betty Page. What year was this? What year was this made? I think it was 59. 59? Looks like, it, uh, know, based on the pictures, uh, big production values, huh? Yeah. That lobster probably cost them, you know, three to four dollars <laughs> back in the <laughs> Well, I bet there I were mean, more lobsters. I'm sure it wasn't like, just one. Someone's holding a lobster. Same like budget this. as your Wi-Fi they paid. I'm well, telling you. <laughs> most of the time, it's not really moving, so God. they may have only used one. Uh, was the lobster? Okay, Ralph, this Ralph is, we'll uh, we'll ADR it later. Okay, yeah, it's, it's not worth. I, I, <laughs> I hope. All right, Drew, come on, get save us, save us. Let's go. Well, I hope my Wi-Fi is more reliable. I think I think I'm with uh, John and Debbie, and maybe you guys also feel this way. There's nothing I really feel actually guilty about. So I was trying to think about what is a guilty pleasure to me, and I think it's it's a movie that I adore that I'm not supposed to like, and that I might even think isn't a good movie. Yeah, and yet I find it really entertaining. That is exactly I was, what I would define as a guilty pleasure okay. for a film. So because uh, I was thinking, like you know. Joseph Kosinski comes back like Tron Legacy is gorgeous garbage. Uh, Gods of Egypt is a giant towering pile of crap. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys saw Die Hard in a Prep School, the Toy Soldiers movie. Yeah. Was, yeah. Like, maybe I love that film. Oh, it's that so film. fun. It's yeah. so fun. And I mentioned No Escape and Vertical Limit, the mountain climbing movie. Oh, yeah, another good director. Sure. And then I narrowed it down to The Chronicles of Riddick which is a hugely ambitious piece of garbage. And then I consulted with my, uh, with my wife and she said, there's one obvious choice for your guilty pleasure. And I said, what is it? And she said, battleship. I was like, Oh, oh my God, of course. Right. <laughs> battleship is, it's so dumb. It's, it's dumb. so That's fun. And it's movie. awesome. <laughs> so it's yeah. so fun. I, I can't even. And the thing is, it looks like a, um, it looks like a Transformers movie. Yep. It's a giant studio action movie, but I think the trick is, and this is why I would say something like vertical limit or no escape is good. Peter Berg is the director of, of battleship. He's made a lot of movies and he's made a lot of entertaining movies. So, uh, you know, you look at, I look at the movies that he's made and, uh, I, I just, I enjoy them. I enjoy whether he's doing other silly stuff like Hancock or he's doing like, uh, uh, what is it uh, about the Boston Marathon bombing Patriots Day? Which yeah, is that's excellent. a serious movie now. Yeah. I mean, he's done a lot of different stuff. Well, and the Kingdom. Do you ever see the Kingdom? Well, the Kingdom is, I love that movie. Yeah, I think me it's too. great. And it's great action. And this and is. And you talk an about patriotic. Movie. Peter Berg is, it's all patriotic. Battleship. Yeah, is, no, it's definitely. I mean, this is, yeah. the Battleship is like, um, it's, it's like Top Gun. Stupid. It's like Top Gun, and, and it's certainly a recruitment uh, type yeah. of thing. The Navy looks heroic, and, and Rihanna's in outmatched, there. and Rihanna's, Rihanna's in great. it. There's actually, it's funny because there's a lot of non-professional actors in it. Many yeah. of whom I believe are um, are veterans, um, and uh, none of them are horrific. But you can tell very easily, like that person's not an actor. But it, it's funny because it's it's an adaptation of a board game. And I would never say that that can't work because Clue is a fabulously entertaining movie to this day. 
But um, it's from the same people that brought you the Transformers. And the first Transformers movie was one of those things I was like, well, this is actually not as awful as I thought it would be. And then the next four were all as awful. And I saw them just to make sure. Battleship is so dumb and entertaining. Um, and it's really well made. It's got a bizarre cast that includes people like Liam Neeson and uh, and uh, Taylor Kitsch is the lead and Tadanobu Asanu, who is um, a Japanese actor who's been in a ton of movies, including Ichi the Killer by uh, movie strange favorite Takashi Miike. Uh, he doesn't have slices in his cheek and, and get off on torture in this one. But it's just it's just fun. And it's it's prime big studio filmmaking now 10 years old so if you watch it you watch it at home i mean i've got the 4k disc it's gigantic and loud and ridiculous and all this crazy alien action and uh the soundtrack is fun it's by steve jablonski who's done a lot of these scores and transformer scores and stuff he i guess he had a cancer scare or something so he had to do a lot of mris and he found the sound of the MRI machines intimidating, which they can be. Yeah. So he mixed that into the soundtrack that he composed for the movie. Wow. So there's all these like really mechanical electronic sounds that go with the aliens and, um, and it actually works. It's kind of a, like a fun, crazy thing. Now you're and making it sound better. Yeah. Oh, it's so, it's Listen, so fun. It is, it's totally it's such fun. a dumb fun. How thrilled yeah. were you when they came up with the grid system? Well, that's what I was going to say. The, the whole thing is like, if it's a board game, how much are we really going to do? Because this is just ships fighting each other. And at the end of the movie, the only, the only ship that can defeat the aliens, maybe, and stop their plan to get more aliens to come or whatever, like any other hundred movies you've seen before, um, is an actual battleship, which there's only one left. And so they have to bring the veterans. It's another ridiculous scene set to ACDC and they bring it out. But before that scene with the actual battleship, they actually have a scene where, you know, we the humans are trying to fight the aliens and their ships are sort of hop along the water. So they use a grid of, I think, tsunami buoys or something. And so they fire at like grid B4. B4. And yeah. they hope that the ship is, and it, yeah, and it, so and it works. You're it's like, so oh, fun. they did it. Yeah, it's so fun. And to be so fair, fun. they stole from uh, Under Siege. Where they use the old vets to to fill the bombs and oh all my remember, god, they steal from the- everything. Yeah, oh yeah, no, they steal from everything. Yeah, and it's got a really and Tom Morello, the guitarist from Rage Against the Machine, he's on a couple of the the tracks uh, of the soundtrack. It's just a big, fun movie. There's some really super dumb, funny lines. Yeah, and um, it's just it's just fun. And also, there's a character who's a scientist who um, is on. It's all set in Hawaii. And he's a scientist who figures out what their plan is. And he's like this really goofy, overacting, ridiculous character. He's actually the actor that is the priest in the Midnight Mass series that was on Netflix. Oh, so really? Ten years later, he's doing that rather really incredible was. stuff. And that oh. was, I think, the first thing I saw him in. So yeah. if you want a really yeah. entertaining, guilty pleasure, um, I unfortunately didn't get a chance to watch the whole thing before we did this show because I was really busy lying in bed with COVID, and I really didn't think that would be the best way to get the full experience. Oh, no, I, I, I want to watch say it again. It's a COVID-free broadcast. Well, I mean, oh, I none of you are in the room uh, with me, so you're all fine. Yeah, But okay. uh, Battleship is, is so fun. It's yeah. just fun. I got to give a yippee-ki on that one. It is dumb and great. And yeah. uh, I, I just, when they did the grid thing, it's just literally like, oh, they did, that's what they Yeah, just, they pulled it off. Really. It's ridiculous. All right, uh, Chris. Um, I'm going to talk about the uh, 1978 film called The Wild Geese, starring Richard Burton, Richard Harris, and Roger Moore. Good choice. Um, yeah, The Wild Geese is basically um, 
It's a story uh, that takes place in Africa. It's about mercenaries in Africa, like British mercenaries hired by like uh, a British conglomerate to uh, steal a fought dead presidential prisoner and bring him back so they can get better deal on mining rights. So it's really, it's really kind of callous and black from that, like from that very realistic. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, and, and uh, very era. realistic in that regard. Um, however, the film is just so like, I, I really enjoy it because it's got these great actors in it and none of them really like Richard Burton, especially I feel bad for him because he, he's doing a lot of running around and stuff and he just, <laughs> he looks like he's in pain. <laughs> They're not young guys when they made that. Yeah. And so, but no. then Richard Harris is there and he's just hamming it up, but everything is like, but yet at the same time, I really enjoy parts of it. Some of it looks so cheap. And then some of it's just really dumb. Like there's a scene literally where um, Richard Harris, they're going to look for Roger Moore because they have to have Roger Moore uh, as part of their team, right? And some guys are trying to kill Roger Moore because he made the mafia nephew eat a bunch of heroin and die, right? It's it's crazy. Like it's just bananas. But there's a scene where literally Rod, Richard Harris pulls out a grenade and they're in a, and they're in like this cheap flop house. He punches his hand through the door and drops the grenade out there because the bad guys were there. And then the grenade goes off and kills all these bad guys, but they're miraculously okay behind what is, I'm sure a door that he literally just punched his hand. He should have hidden in a refrigerator. And it's funny. Yeah, exactly. And then he would have been okay from a nuclear blast, but right. um the thing is, is parts of this movie look so cheap and it's just so dumb, but yet there are elements of it that are just so like, there's a couple of really great sequences. There's a really great like um, group skydiving scene that looks like basically when you watch it, you will say, oh my God, they copy this sequence every time they've done it since, you know, yeah. when they do like 50 guys jumping out of an airplane, right? And there's a really great sequence of a... Um, of like a uh, a fighter plane, like a prop fighter plane, attacking uh, their them on a bridge over a dried out riverbed. It's really great. It's really intense, and so there's really some cool stuff in it. But then what happens is, so they blow up this truck on this riverbed, and they're separated, right? And they're like, "We have to. We'll, we'll meet you. We'll find another place to cross. It's a dry riverbed. They could walk across. <laughs> there is nothing stopping them from walking. Across. Like it's just one of those things where you're watching it, and then like. Then they, they just have all this kind of overwrought goofiness in it, but, uh, it's got some great, it's got some really good action sequences and then it has some terrible action sequences. But at the same time, you do have Richard Burton and Richard Harris and Sean and I'm sorry, uh, Roger Moore, who apparently when they were making the movie actually asked to have fewer lines than more lines, even though he was at this point, this is 78. So he, he was is, James Bond. Right. Yeah. He said, I want fewer lines because he understanding who he is and his own limits. He's like, you expect me to act against Richard Harris and, and Richard Burton. He's like, no, I want fewer lines. He <laughs> wanted less to say because he didn't want to look like he was just like compared to those guys. But even then they ham it up and everything's really obvious. But at the same time, for some reason, this movie, I can't help but like and it, and it's weird because it's on Amazon Prime right now. Right. But it like disappears and comes back every yeah. couple of months. It's I don't know who owns the rights of it or what bundle it's part of, but it keeps disappearing and coming back. 
Uh, but I will say this, it's, it's got some fun action sequences, but it's just kind of this dumb, you know, we're going to go in there and, and fix this problem. Um, and of course they get double crossed and everything. So then they've got to escape. And, and it's one of those things where it's like, okay, Richard Harris has this son, right? This like 10 year old son. And you're like, yeah. So Richard Harris is going to bite it. Like it's so like telegraphed that he is going to die. And sure enough, he gets wounded and he's running for the plane and he's screaming to Burton to kill him. So he doesn't get like, you know, hacked to pieces and, I mean, but there are a couple of nice, there's a couple of nice touches in there that I really, that I really enjoyed. And, and one was this kind of weird thing. I just want to touch on it real quick. Um, there is a character in there who is the, the medic who is a, like openly homosexual, right? And what's, and it's a terrible stereotype. He's like super mincy and got a lisp and this whole kind of, you know, thing. But what's nice about it is even though that his, his stereo, he's stereotypical, right? All of the other guys in the mercenary group just accept him for who he is. Like there's no, and for 78, it's one of those weird things when you look at it, you go, that's a terrible, terrible stereotype. But then at the same time you go, but yet the way that they treated him as, as an equal and as just like a, a, another member of the team and they just accepted who he was. On the one hand, that was forward thinking. And plus at the end, when he dies, he gets like this kind of, he goes out like a, like a badass, like he kills like 10 guys before he gets taken out, you know? So, uh, but everybody in the movie does that. It's one of those movies where it's like, you know, it's real men. Yeah. These guys, real you know, old men. there's like 40 real old men, yeah. kill like 500 guys throughout the film. Um, and it does have, it's not her best song, but I don't know if any of you have ever heard of the, uh, she's a, a blues singer. I would call her a blues singer, British blues singer called named Joan Armitrading. Um, sure. She sure. actually does the, um, she does the theme song, which is not her best work, admittedly, but she does the theme song. So that's a plus. Well, well wait uh, a minute. You're not going to mention the sequel starring Lawrence fucking <laughs> Olivier? True, as yes. Rudolph the, Hess? Yes. The Wild Geese So it did, it did well enough for a sequel? Well, no, that's the thing. It actually, I, I want to say where I read this, they said it was like the one of the top, maybe top 20 films of the entire year. Money wise, it was a hit. I mean, it was a straight up hit. Wow. And do the three guys do the sequel? Uh, no, well, Richard Scott Harris Gordon. died. He just said he died, right? Well, Richard one Burton, of them died. Oh, the, Richard, the Richard ones Burton, who lived. Oh. Well, Richard yes. Burton actually died a couple of days before they started shooting, and that's why they brought in, I think it was Edward Scott Fox Glenn. or something. And they brought in Scott Glenn, and then Lawrence yeah. Olivier is, is Scott, Scott Glenn. Scott Glenn. Wow. You're from Richard Scott Burton or Scott Glenn? I have not watched The Wild Geese 2, so I don't know if Scott Glenn plays. Colonel Faulkner, the character. Um, I, I honestly, I honestly don't remember. I've I've seen Wild Geese a couple times, and I saw the sequel once, mm-hmm. mostly because I couldn't believe Lawrence Olivier was in this movie in 1985. Well, he was doing catch grabs at that point. Oh yeah, no, yeah. but um, but I, I think Wild Geese is where it's at. That's the yeah. that's the fun one. I it's, will say it reminded me of another movie uh, from sort of in the same era, The Dogs mm-hmm. of War, the Christopher Walken yeah. movie. I actually. Rewatch the Dogs of War because it was also okay. on Amazon Prime, and nice. I actually think that's a better film. It is. It's. A, I think that's. I think that's actually a pretty good little movie because it about mercenaries getting involved in mm-hmm. local politics and things like that. And they're under sixty. They're under sixty, and it has a fantastic poster, just really yeah. oh, cool with that yeah, giant with that. rotary gun mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, exactly. Right. But yeah, wild, if you a wild it, geese. 
a wild geese. Got okay. a lot of great we'll actors there. Yeah. All right. Couple of like I said, couple of great action sequences, but then some of them are just so poorly staged that you're like, what? Yeah. You know? Wow. Anyway. Check Who it directed out. it? A guy named um Yeah, I just looked it up. Andrew something or something. Andrew V McClellan or McCloglin yeah. or something. Oh, he Andrew was like, like he did like Big Jake and everything. He did a lot think, of American he, westerns. Yeah, John, yeah. He's a, he was a Western director. Oh, oh, and Hardy Kruger's in it too. I forgot to mention Hardy Kruger. Okay. Who really did not like it, the way his acting performance was uh was edited. He said that he's he's like a quiet actor, and he said that McClellan just likes people who are speaking, so he cut his act his acting down a lot. And Roger anyway. Moore wanted less words. Yeah, he wanted less. Well, he didn't want to look bad. I mean, and, and hey, he knows his limits. And yeah. He's not. He's not Richard Harris. He's not Richard. Man must know his limits. Yeah. Yes. All mm-hmm. right, John. So I struggle with this because uh, I never feel guilty about watching movies. I either like it or I don't. And it's really okay. So, so it's really weird. I really struggled. So then I thought, well, maybe a movie I feel guilty watching. And first thing that came to mind was Blazing Saddles because I love that movie. But the first few minutes, when you hear the N-word being thrown out, you, you feel a little uncomfortable. And then, then you get into the movie and you're laughing and you kind of feel guilty about laughing. But knowing that Richard Pryor wrote it, and it's a Mel Brooks film, kind of takes that away. But that's what I first thought of. So then I, you know, then I talked to Ralph about it, and I was going to go with Ace Ventura because a lot of people think that's such a stupid movie. But I think it's very funny, and Jim Carrey was at his carriest. So I decided to go with a movie that I really enjoy that most people don't like because they despise the lead in it. And that's 1990s, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane uh, with Andrew Dice Clay. I love this movie. Um, I think he's very funny in it. It's raunchy. It's directed by Rennie Harlan. Um, it's shot really interestingly. He's a rock and roll detective. It's based on a series of books. But if you look at the cast, uh, Lauren Hawley, Tone Loke is in it. Um, uh, uh, Wayne Newton plays the bad guy. Um, Morris Day plays his buddy. It's just a, it's just a crazy, um, raunchy. I found it funny. Great sound. It, I have, I've had the soundtrack since the movie came out. I saw it in the movie theater. I think it's got a great soundtrack. And, um, he, actually, I introduced Clay. Under Control was actually, I really enjoyed him in this movie. Uh, he got to do some of his stick, but he was kind of reined in by Rennie Harlan. Um, but it's a movie that when it, when it comes, you know, Zuzu Pedals, which goes back to It's a Wonderful Life. Uh, it's just so, and Robert England plays, plays the Australian killer in it. It's just so goofy. Snapperhead. It's just a funny movie that I, I watch it, and I know a lot of people hate it because they hate him. But uh, I like it. I, and I, when it comes on, I watch it and I laugh just like I used to laugh before. Um, so that's, I guess that's my guilty pleasure. But I, I, again, I just want to say I watch movies. I never feel guilty about watching any movie, whether it's good or bad. I don't feel guilty. It's about really, I mean, it, so. if I, let me ask you this. If I had said yeah. uh, 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 an island film, a film that if you're on a deserted island and you can yeah. only pick one film, is that, see, to me, that, to, no, that's what, different. That, yeah, see, that's, that's guilty nice pleasure. Road. Right. <laughs> yeah, right. And mine, pleasure, mine would be probably Raiders. It's not about feeling guilty watching the film. It's black. It's just like, it's nice. so silly that you go, I admit I like that film. I mean, Ford Fairlane. See, but I don't, I mean, I, 
I just don't see it like that. I if I like a film, I like a film. I don't want to. Uh, I have to admit I like it. I like it. And and yeah, I but make you the can't look at a film and go like like you're just we're talking about the teenage one and 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 yeah. the, the wild geese. Um, and even Battleship, where the premise is just so ridiculous that if you if you really think about it, you go, how stupid am I to like this film because the premise is so dumb? Oh, I'm, I feel guilty. I feel weird about that. But that's- I, I just I don't I don't I just I'm not wired that way. I don't yeah, think that's so. Way. It's that's fascinating. Well, plus, I mean, it, it, is, it is entertaining. It is yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Well, but, if it's but, entertaining, then I don't. I never feel guilty about. Well, well, it's, it's interesting, silly, but I'm entertained. Fort I mean, Fairlane would be one of those that if you're in a room, a group of people, and that came on, and you're the only one laughing, that would be a weird, like, because yeah. it's Andrew Dice Clay who's very- and I get that. Yeah. Because uh, but, they can't separate Dice from the film, so they hate it just because of that. But well, if you watch the film, he's he's pretty controlled compared to, like, a stand well, He's been in a Woody so, Allen film. We were talking about yeah, that earlier. He's yeah, got a yeah, lot to of be, stuff. To be fair, to be fair, no, he, um, I worked I worked for a guy who he was friends with, and so get your bell out, Ralph. Uh, he would call the office a lot, and that's him. He like, he would call and say, this it's, is Andrew yeah. Dice Clay. Oh! Go, hey, Dice, how you doing? He goes, what's up, Andrew? How you doing? And, like, that's just the way he talked. That's just right. the way he sounds. So there, there is... I guess a kind of authenticity. He never said, this is Andrew Clay Silverstein. Like he used right. his show name, but um, I don't know. Fort Fairlane is one of those movies that's super ambitious in some ways. And it launched the career of Rennie Harlan as a big yeah. dumb action movie director and did not launch a career of similar caliber for its stars. It also had Gilbert Gottfried. The yes, that's right. Yeah. Johnny Crunch. That's right. Yeah. I mean, but it's also Andrew Dice Clay at that time. I don't know if he was doing stadiums. Yeah, because I've seen, I saw him. I saw Sam Kinison, same year, around the same year at stadiums. And he was a definitely, it's bro stuff, right? It's like, it's a a weird guy to go watch. What's, what's what's Sean? Andrew Dice Clay, if you, if you notice, when you watch him, he is funny, but you do feel guilty laughing. At Andrew Dice Clay because it's wow. so hickory dickory dock. I mean, oh. you'd start thinking about all the stuff that he did. But at the time when he was when he was at his height, people weren't feeling guilty because I mean, like he was selling out stadium. It's later on. Really hated. He, was he got hit. kicked off of NSA. Uh, he wow. got banned. Sean was telling me that earlier. And also, he made and what's really embarrassing. Why? Well, let's just say you, someone said it was a bro thing. Like me and the guys at the advertising agency where I worked at the time. We just loved Andrew Dice Clay. We watched all of his stuff. We'd make tapes of it. We'd watch it at lunch. I mean, we were all big fans. And the more offensive he was, the better. And, you know, I was expecting to love Four Fairlane, but I just, you know, yeah, I'm a fan, and I just didn't like the movie. I just, I don't know what I was expecting, but I didn't like it. But now, you know, like you're talking about, um, what's the other one? Sam Kinison, who was like the big star at the same time. <laughs> Now, I've recently watched Kinnison, and I fo- still find him funny. But Andrew Dice Clay, I've, I I saw, you know, I was watching someone were streaming his old specials, and it's sort of like, I, I just don't feel they held up. You know, I don't well, think that's, agree that, with that. That comedy's yeah, in its totally time. I mean, that's that. a, that's yeah. a, yeah. you can't, that's a but time you know, like George Carlin's still funny. But that's mm-hmm. a, but yeah, like, that you can't even, it's well, like, Dice, I mean, Dice two. is still working. You know, I mean, he was in a star form. And he was actually really Dice good in uh, Pam and Tommy. Yeah, he was great. I was, that was, yeah, was yeah, good. Here's the thing. He used to play stadiums and he was at 
two weekends ago, he was in Baltimore at McGooby's, which is a kind huh. of a small comedy club, you know? And funny, Andrew Dice, I mean, not Andrew Dice, Gilbert Godfrey was supposed to be there two weeks before he died, and they said he canceled because he had COVID. And Debbie and I had tickets. And the thing is, I told Debbie, I said, look, we got to see Andrew Dice Clay at these prices. He used to play stadiums. And she had, she's like, no, I'm not going to go see him. You know, so. Well, I, got, I, I can't imagine he's doing the same thing he did in the 80s and 90s. But That's why I'm curious to see yeah, what he's I mean, doing. It would be interesting. Interesting. Well, Ford Fairlane, well, good one. You know, I was a big fan. I just tough. didn't think it felt. I just don't I think. I think I like Ford Fairlane, and we're going to rewatch that, see what she's. I think Wild Geese, Ford Fairlane. And wait a minute. We're saving, Bowers, the, we're saving the best for last. Ralph. Not really. Right. No, I think as I listen yeah. to you guys, I mean, my guilty pleasures, uh, I'm going to just say it's it's Jim Carrey's. I, I pick three because it's really just to get to the the other two. So, 94. Uh, Ace Ventura came out. 97, Liar Liar came out. And 2008, The Yes Man came out. Yes Man, it's called. Which is basically just a remake of Liar Liar. Instead of him not lying, he says yes to everything. It's the same, exact same thing. Um, And I just, my guilty pleasure is, these movies make me cry at the end. Okay? (laughs) Because the the fake sentimentality, the reason he's lying is his kid had a birthday wish that I just wish my dad would never lie. And the scenes, and, and I just, obviously, I love his, I like Jim Carrey's Ace Ventura comedy stuff, his serious stuff, even the the Truman Show, I couldn't stand that. 23 he did. I, I, I kind of like the biopic he did about Andy Kaufman, mm-hmm. but I like him in his goofy, funny stage, and it's his making the ass sound with his, you know, the talking out of his ass. But Liar Liar, uh, two of them, Yes Man and Liar Liar, Liar Liar is the one I would pick as my definite guilty pleasure i just love the antics he does when he can't tell a lie i love the scene and i quote it all the time where he beats the shit out of himself in the bathroom and he ends it by saying i'm kicking my own ass and he's in there literally pounding his face in and i just find him affecting as that kind of weird sentimental you know he's it's in 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 liar liar it's he's trying to save his relationship with his kid he ends up back with his ex-wife and in yes man it's Joey Deschanel, who's gorgeous and wonderful, and it's about him, you know, saying yes to everything, and it causes all these problems. He's got a Brad Bradley Cooper's in that one as one of his friends, the Yes Man, and a couple other people, and of course he ends up with Zoe at the end. And this is a beautiful thing in the park and all this. I just find them like they're very sentimental, like they're, they're crudely sentimental. They make me cry because they're so dumb, and they just touch in exactly all the little buttons that push. And I think he's great, and I think he. Especially in Liar Liar, when he's when he can't tell a lie and he's walking around, he's in that he's in a lawyer's office, which everybody lies all the time, and it's just Jim Carrey being Jim Carrey and and, and a funny Jim Carrey, and I actually love them. I mean, Ace Ventura isn't a class by itself, but those were big hits. I mean, I, I don't understand why because they're not. I mean, because it's I think like I think what you're what you're feeling guilty about is responding to what my people call the schmaltz. Yes, and hundred um, percent. Oh, okay, well, that's a little different. I think 100%. it's good. I th- the schmaltz hey. is like the really gooey, sentimental stuff at the end. And I am also someone who can be triggered by like real thick schmaltz. Schmaltz is actually um, goose fat. But um, I think that that makes sense as a guilty pleasure almost more than anything else that we've talked about. Because it's like, liar, liar made me cry. It's pretty embarrassing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah and, it's not. So you own it. You own right. it. And I, I think although that's I did fair. read an article two days ago that said people who cry at movies are very intelligent. <laughs> so oh. sign of sign of intelligence. So I was like, all right. But uh, I just yes, it gets me well, every but- single time. Every time. Crying at Liar Liar is a different cry than crying at Schindler's List. Yeah, so I think slightly different. Parse I'll give you that one. Why you're slightly weak. different. We're all over the place with this guilt. We're, uh, guilt it's not a guilty guilt pleasure or right, that's, you're that's, feeling guilty because you're getting emotional. It's like Ace Ventura Pet Detective. When you look at like the reviews for that, how, how uh, Ebert killed that movie. And, and, you know, as far as, you know, acting wise, you don't want to be too over the top. But the reason why that movie works is he is so over the top. It's hilarious. And it's like, how far can he go? And it's like, you really appreciate the fact. And when you look at a movie like that, I mean, it is all on his shoulders. I mean, that movie is all him. Everyone else is good in it, but he's it. And you you can't take your... Yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't take right. your eyes off. I mean, no, you don't, it's, it's you know, when you first saw that movie, like, what the hell is this about? And it was hilarious. John. Yes, the most Debbie. Important thing, Jim Carrey started out as a religious. Uh, he did? I didn't know person. that. He was on that family show in Living Color. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes, very religious. I <laughs> well, I know that he, he, he before his father passed, he said that. He wanted to. He wanted to make twenty million dollars. And uh, after Ace Ventura and The Mask were huge hits, he got twenty million to do the sequel to Ace Ventura, and he put that check in the father's casket when he died. Why so would he put it in the bank? He, but he took a picture but of after, it, so it went in his cash. bank. Yeah. Oh, um, um, that, that one scene where he he does a thing out his butt. He does the ass solo mio. Do you remember that from yeah, the yeah. sequel? He did that because Ebert, in his review, killed him on that stuff. So he did more of it in the sequel. Well, he made twenty million for Liar Liar. So, but well, listen, to, listen but, to this run. This is the run he had around that time. Uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, The Mask, Dumb and right. Dumber, Batman Forever, Ace Ventura When Nature Calls. That scene where he comes out of the butt of that. Oh, it's amazing. The rhino. <laughs> the cable guy, which is another. I cable mean, guy. That's, that's another one that's like Jim Carrey at his that best. That was a big flop. That one didn't. It was a big flop. Yeah, but he was great they in it. And he, got, he made big bucks for that one, and too. And then, so he goes from 97 to 2008 to make Yes Man, which again, again, it's really just a remake of or a, or a copy of Liar Liar with him doing the same stuff. But the interesting thing is the director of both Ace Ventura and Liar Liar was a guy named Tom Shadiak, I think is his name. Yeah. Yep. Tom Shadiak. Shadiak. And I read, I listened or something. He quit the business after I think Liar Liar. I think I was listening to the commentary on Liar Liar because he was just sick of the business. He ended up, I don't know what he's doing now. I don't think he's doing any more films because he didn't direct Yes Man. What, was it because of that movie? I mean, no, I think fat- in general he just gets sick of Hollywood and he wanted to do something that actually meant something. I forget what it was. It's on the commentary for for Liar Liar. Um, anyway, by again, guilty pleasure. It could take any meaning. This one is just I why do so. I get choked up? Why does I do it every time? You know, when they're on the plane and the kid gets all happy because the dad's coming back, and it's just you know. But that, I mean, why? Uh, I, I'm you're losing me because it's like, Wait, why if, would if you have an emotional response to something, why should you feel guilty about? Because it's so well, dumb. Uh, it's uh, dumb. How can you be it's so? How can I be manipulated that easily? That's the whole point. Why you know, can I be I that? Hey, Ralph, Ralph, I felt the same. Did you see the movie My Dog Skip? Any oh movie with dogs That's is, a good is built movie. is built to I cry. Mean, it's sort of like 
I'm like crying at the end of it, but they are throwing everything in. Right. It's like, you're not crying yet. Well, how about this? You're not crying yet. How about this? Who cried when Old Yeller died? Nobody oh. cried when Old Yeller died. <laughs> Every time. No, That's no, what I mean. I, really, I, res- I cried during my dog Skip, but I really resented it because it's sort of like they were just pushing. pushing How about Lassie pushing. come home? Yeah. Well, any any dog movie, inevitably the dog is going to die the in the film. A dog is going to pass away. Now, what's the one they just did with the Owen Wilson and Jennifer Aniston? The that Marley, was my dog Skip, wasn't it? No. What is it? Marley, Marley and Me. Marley and Me. Uh, right? Marley and me right? Those are designed. But Liar Liar is a comedy. I'm not supposed to have that kind of emotion. Like he's uh, not Chaplin, right? Well, he. Well, he. I, I don't. I disagree. I think in his moment, Jim Carrey, and he makes jokes about himself in this film. His son says, "Now tell me the truth. Can you make funny faces and uh, whatever?" And you know, he makes a joke about how, yeah, you can make a living doing that. You know. He's just, I just find him in these films where he's playing sort of a normal guy. It's very emotional for me. And that's well, why he, was having, he had a rough patch where he was doing serious stuff. That's I know. Uh, I know. And now he did that Sonic movie and where he was his manic self and they were big hits. I know. But here's the thing about Jim Carrey. I want to, I must say this about what his comment about Will Smith with his uh, slap. He said he was so. You know, that's when it re- he realized that Hollywood was nothing but a, a turd with a good guilt. Of- yeah, but that's also he's not very popular. In, you know, he hasn't been doing a lot of movies lately. And but, you he know, said he so said sad. the standing ovation, the standing ovation that they gave him. Was but, but then somebody him. brought up how he kissed Elisa Silverstone on the lips without asking her. You know, then it all came out that he did something back in the day. I mean, it just, they just. Any, they just shut up. They're all hypocrites. They're all full of crap. I felt guilty when Will Smith slapped him. I, I felt guilty about <laughs> that. I, I had an emotional response that I felt there guilty you go. about. Guilty pleasure. I don't know. The definition is whatever you want it to be, okay? so That's interesting. Uh, yeah. So, and again, that's why, you know, Ralph, when you say stuff like that that's so insightful, it really says to our audience, this is why you should subscribe. Yeah. And, and it's a good turn. Well, you know, if you job. have an emotional response oh, to this, smash that like button. Just good smash job. it good job. and share it. And, and remember, and, hey, the first one, the first one to comment and leave one of the film names in the comment gets one of these great hats. But not Drew or I. I was going to say, John, one of us should do it. You, yeah, so, we you, can't guys, win a hat. you guys are on the way. Yours on the way. I'll, I'll ship it out. I have There's yours a, as soon as you're uncoveted. We'll There's get. been a trucking. Thank There's you. a trucking issue. That's why. Yeah, oh no! Yeah, there. definitely change the the, the change. The change. Oh, right. issues, right? <laughs> you, you don't. You don't covet our hats. Oh. Debbie, you, I'm glad you waited till the end because nobody's listening right now. So that's good. All right. So next week, I think our guy Carrie, Gary is going to be on from L.A. to talk about Taxi Driver. Are you talking to me? I sent him an email. So hopefully I'm he'll be on. Standing here. If he doesn't, we'll have to change and do something else. But uh, uh, let everybody know. Okay. But he should be on. Okay. Will he get uh, a hat? Drew, I'm sorry you don't feel well. I'm sorry you get the Rona. Thank you. <laughs> he better know. not get a freaking hat. <laughs> okay. These hats are Well, very, if he leaves uh, a comment, he could get the hat. Yeah. That's, that is I'm right. thinking about leaving a comment. <laughs> so, all right. Listen, everybody have a good week. Uh, Drew, stay safe. I hope you start feeling better. Yeah, feel better, thank Drew. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Water, drink plenty of water and sleep, sleep, sleep. That's what's the music. so far. I heard Ivermectin. I don't know if you know about that. 
but well, I do live in the country, so I have a lot of friends that have that pace. You could so get sure it, so you should it. go get it. All right, everybody, have a good week. See you next week with Gary and Taxi Driver. Sounds great. Have a great week, everyone. Goodbye.